Hey, what's up? This is I've just been informed this is Aaron's podcast. So welcome to Aaron's podcast. It also has another name. It's called Recovered AF. Um, I'm 50% of this podcast, except for tonight. I'm only 25% of this podcast. But um, we got a couple guests with us today. And but before we talk, because we're going to talk about we're going to share our experience with probably some 12 step stuff since that's sort of the deal here so before we do that we just need kyle to give us a disclaimer so people don't think we're stepping out of line yeah hey um we are not and by we i mean this podcast is not affiliated in any way with any 12-step organization um those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives uh this podcast is not a spokesperson or a representative of, of any 12-step stuff uh, Aaron and I always just share our experience. Uh, sometimes that overlaps with 12-step stuff, but that does not mean we're affiliated. And tonight we have two guests who have previously been on the podcast. And uh, I'm very excited for Jeff, who, a.k.a. our mutual friend, a.k.a. the international man of mystery. Uh, he's here. And Jason, a.k.a. the underwear model. <laughs> hey. I forgot about that story, and then Megan brought it up the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no way every time you're on the podcast that's not coming. I mean, it's just, it's the deal. You have a physique for modeling underwear, I would say. Yeah. So. Oh, thanks, yes. Um, I just, yeah, I bet, too, the thing about it is, is you're in, like, an industry that's just full of big, tough, macho dudes, and so, like, the last thing probably that helps that is having one time modeled underwear yeah they uh have a picture of me okay oh, that's yeah. awesome in the break room well, so that's super <laughs> that's so funny yeah. you also you also got a bieber reference one time too yeah, right? that's what they call me oh. beebs <laughs> out, out at work they call you yeah. beebs yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah you're gonna need some tats though i got a lot of tats oh you do yeah all right bieber has tats yeah he's all tatted up i stopped paying attention to bieber after that first song he made I think for the last five, six years, he's just been trying to look a little more. Every time I see him, he looks a little more white trash. I'm like, you could just move to where we live if you want to do that. and You don't need all that money. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever seen Yellow Wolf? Yeah, dude. Yeah, Beebs mm -hmm. is kind of going on more that in that way. Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly style. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He's just too beautiful. He had to do something. Yeah, dude. Um, so tonight, I'm going to change the subject ASAP. Tonight... We are talking about working with others. Aaron, do you want to describe what that means? And Bieber. And Bieber. <laughs> we can just talk an hour on Bieber, dude. Yeah. I, I don't think I have that much. I'm already out of information yeah, on him. Me too. What are we doing? You're going to talk about what working with others means, and oh, then Jeff yeah. is going to share. Well, so, just I have no idea. <laughs> so the thing is, is like... You um, just haven't talked yet. <laughs> There's um you said there were three heavy hitters. I thought you were excluding me. So. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> um so well so what I was thinking about today was well we talked a little bit about, you know, the maybe talking about working with others, but like if you go inside of fellowship, there's like a the twelve step that talks about carrying this message. Um and then, you know, as it's written on the wall. But then, like, say if this gets brought up at the meeting level, the, the topic working with others, then people might talk about sponsorship and what they do to help others, people coming into the program. But then if you read the chapter in the book that's in, and devoted entirely to working with others, 
it's a lot about how to approach the new man. Mm-hmm. So when like we talk about working with others, there's a lot of shit that we could talk about. And so I just didn't know what even where to start. I don't know what when you Jeff um, are thinking working with others. Like when we're when we say that that's probably what we're going to talk about. What comes to your mind? What's the first thing that you think about sharing? Um, I don't know. So. In the past, the first place my mind would have gone would be directly to sponsorship, like sitting down one-on-one with another alcoholic. And uh, I guess my experience over the last couple of years, as well as recently, like, so I just happened to be fortunate enough to pick up a couple of new guys in the last week and, uh, and sitting down, getting ready to go through the book from the beginning of our, our literature, like even in the first, not even real chapter, but the chapter working with, or not, excuse me, not working with others, uh, the doctor's opinion, right? Dr. Silkworth right away talks about the importance of carrying this message to another alcoholic. And um, for me, I guess today that manifests in a lot of different ways. Not only is it sitting down one-on-one with another alcoholic, but it's being in a place where we get the opportunity to actually carry the message of hope to a still suffering alcoholic, whether it's like just showing up in treatment centers, institutions, um, in our daily living, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I just think it's important to to be a demonstration of what this program has to offer. What's it like being around a, a I don't want to say a plethora, but from what you just came from, a plethora of recovery again, because you kind of have seamlessly jumped like right back in. Because for those of you that haven't listened to Jeff's episode, he spent the last couple of years traveling Europe and doing some cool shit and not around a ton of 12-step stuff. So what's it like to be back kind of around that? Scary AF, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's been, I don't know, it's been challenging. Like, it's great to be around recovery again, but... um, yeah, I've I've had a lot of fear, like, and it's something with inside me um, about not really being able to fit back in and being worried about like how to to get back into something that has involved and changed since I left. And uh, I don't know. So far, it's been cool, scary, but cool. Nice. Yeah. I was gonna ask you sort of the the same question though, like, so because so, it's such a broad a broad thing. Like when we say, okay, working with others, what's the thing? The first thing. Because it can really encompass all three of those things, probably some more shit too. But like, what comes to your mind? It's honestly, how awkward it is initially. <laughs> and you mean with a new person? Yeah. And okay. Not, I'm talking about like for me. Yeah. I think about me as a yeah. new person and sitting there thinking like, like I would have these people come up to me and you know, talk about the sponsorship thing and tell me they want to work with me and all of these things. And that is that was super overwhelming for me. I didn't understand it. Like. Why would you take the, the time to sit down with me and go through these steps? And um, it just, it was a really awkward thing for me to wrap my mind around. And then, uh, I don't know, you start to, you get into it, you start building this relationship, right, with these people that you're working steps with. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wild thing for me. That's where the changes really start to happen, right? And then taking that and actually sitting down and working with, with somebody else it's it's been probably the best thing i've done in my adult life um the growth that i've gotten through it has been like unmeasurable i can't 
can't even put it into words what's come from taking the time to sit down and show somebody what worked for me and then getting getting to watch them go through that and there's a lot of similarities but it's it's just so different to you I think for every person it's I don't know it's hard to really put into words for me mm-hmm. what so, do you think of Marty oh uh, well I was just thinking about what he was talking about that awkwardness that he was talking about like the first time that and the first time that somebody asked me for help um I don't know who was more scared the first time we met him or me I mean it had to be me I'm like and it had to just be like fear oozing out of me and being unsure and stumbling around. And I'm like, this poor guy asked me for help and I have no idea what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. um, Jeff and I were at Sherry's the night before and I'm asking him for a little bit of guidance, you know, and he's talking about some of some, sharing his experience about what, what he does. And so then sitting down um, with that guy and we met a couple of times and, and I, don't, I don't, he's, he's doing okay today, but um, so it was all right at the time. But when we got to the four step, that was the last, I didn't see him for several months after that. But, um, yeah, I think when I think about the term working with others, I'm thinking about one-on-one work with another addict or alcoholic. Um, you know, I think that my experience, my experience is that and the 12-step call and going out and talking to somebody that's still out in the cups, um, we have some really specific um, directions on how to do that in that chapter and that's what that's about and I've been on a few and it seems to be a bit of a lost art because we just it, it doesn't get practiced I guess the way it did before mm-hmm. and um, the, sometimes you know I, I asked I've asked people to go with me on them or sometimes I've been asked to attend them and maybe there's other people there and that was a real shit show and there was a lot of frothy emotional appeal and it was like it was, it was fucking a waste of every waste time is what it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I, I think about um, uh, sitting down with another, I'm just going to say addict to make this a little bit easier for me, sitting down with another addict and uh, taking him through the steps. And um, before I get too far into that, like the disclaimer, because my wife asked me um, before and she told me that not everybody that listens to this podcast knows what we're talking about when we start ta- using recovery terms and so when I'm talking about working with another I'm talking about sponsorship um, and what that looks like for me and I know for the other three guys I will speak for you at this point that means um, what that means to us is taking somebody new through the steps so that they can have that spiritual experience so they can get connected to God uh, whatever whatever that conception is for them mm-hmm. and so oh, are we going to jump in? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was uh, just going to ask Butters what his uh, thoughts of the 12-step are yeah, working with others. <laughs> Butters, I love that. Um, <laughs> I hope it sticks. Um, I would say my an immediate thoughts on that is uh, how much growth I have gotten as a result of that. That's kind of what I think of. Like, Because, uh, again, I would agree with you that like for me, working with another is taking someone through the 12 steps and I've had that experience one-on-one and now I've had that experience in a different way where me and the sponsee have taken another new guy through the work and that was a new experience too but um there's this speaker and I don't know if I can say his name so I'm not gonna but he always says this thing that I always repeat and uh, he says that the first 11 steps give you 10% of the program and the 12th step gives you 90% of the program and for me, that is that has been my experience too. Is that's what I think of a lot is how different of a program it is when I start working with other people. It's like a totally different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you guys know what I mean at all? It's just like a, 
I get more growth out of that. And, you know, the first dude I ever sponsored, I was doing the same thing. I was meeting with Jeff. <laughs> and then the next day, going and doing what Jeff and I just talked about, going and taking that to, to the guy I was sponsoring. Yeah. And that was, that was the first dude I ever sponsored. And um, I think that dude is doing well right now. But that, again, he kind of had a similar experience to you. But that's the other thing I really get out of it is I, I just left meeting with my sponsor and all we do is talk about the guys I'm working with and like what's going on and how that's going and if I have questions and I've got a dude that has some warrants that he has to clean up and I've never had to deal with that before so I ask my sponsor if he's had experience with that you know like it's just never ending how much growth I get out of it that's what I was thinking about I also find uh, working with others to be like probably one of the most humbling experiences in our fellowship, right? Because I like sometimes I've gone into that relationship with like a fair bit of ego and I'm like, this dude's going to knock it out of the park. And the next thing I know, they're not doing so well, right? And it, mm-hmm. it reminds me that I don't have the power to help anyone get sober or stay sober. Like Fuck that's not yeah. what I get to do. So True that. That's, I've had that experience too where... I'm like, this guy is going to ask me for help, and he's he's beyond help. <laughs> right? just, I'm a judgy guy, and I, I size things up. And a lot of times, oh, my you know, gut instincts are right, but sometimes it's all based in my head. And I'm like, man, and I just really don't, and I don't see me and this guy jiving and meshing, and but I know he's going to ask, and sure enough, he comes and he asks, and we sit down, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, this guy gets it and this guy kills it. And then I see some really real change in this person's personality. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, and I see guys come from absolutely nothing and go to places and whose, uh, you know, personalities and lives are completely transformed. And then it reminds me just what Jeff said. I don't know. Right. And like, I, I guess, and something had been rattling in my mind and I'll just mention it right now. Um, the key thing here, because I see this, and I just talked to somebody in the program that was having a, a thing with um, their sponsor maybe having too much power in their life and too much influence in their life, and um, our steps are clearly aligned uh, for us to um, create a, a, a reliance on a power that's non-human and that can't be a sponsor and so um, the most important thing and why I um, you know just take them through the steps as I talked about before is because um, I'm not God and I don't have the power like Jeff said and I have no idea what's best in that person's life I know that they need to get um, in touch with a power greater themselves and I know that they need to live a spiritually principled life but as far as the details of their life that's not for me to decide you know like they're to consult God and all of those things and so it's super important when I sit down and I tell them that and it doesn't really matter at the beginning I don't think you know it's just for me to tell them but you know to let them know that you know that I'm just a human and God isn't and we're going to try and get you to that so Mm -hmm. I don't know just something I I was thinking about why we were talking. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what? No, go for it. I have got nothing. I was going <laughs> to ask. Um, Conversation's over. I was going to, yeah. Okay. Right. And that's, that's it for our Working With Others yeah. podcast. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I was going to ask Jason, um, and then we can go around again, What? what's it like because I'm pretty sure all of us have had this experience. 
what's it like? And this is more so for our listeners because I'm, I'm sure we have a similar experience, but what's it like when a guy you're working with isn't willing or wants to doesn't want to do something that you're suggesting? What What's that like? Because I know for me, uh, early on, it's kind of defeating, and I feel, and it's just the illusion of it. It's not real because, again, like Aaron's been alluding to the whole time, is this whole thing's about a relationship with a power greater than than me. But when you're working with the new guy, sometimes you feel like you have some skin in the game. What's it like when that guy goes out? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a tough thing, I think, for sure. For me, early on, um, I did not have a very good success rate with sponsors at all. Um, and I think the hardest part for me is, you know, having some recovery and having things get better in my life and knowing what can happen. That's the most frustrating part for me because it's just like, dude, it is right here for you. Mm-hmm. You All you have to do is work these steps and a better life is like right around the corner. But what I have to remember is kind of what we've been talking about. And I don't have the power to make that guy do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to be in control, right? So even though that's a very positive thing, right, wanting this person to to work these steps and find some recovery and mend relationships and do all of these things that I found through this program, I have zero power in that. I don't have any say in what that guy does. All I, all I can do is show that guy what worked for me and hope and pray that he does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jeff, do you have any insight? Um, man, so my, my perspective has changed a lot about things like this. Um, I've, I've really become somewhat understanding when people aren't always willing to do things. Like I can talk about the promises that are in the book and like my experience with what has happened when I do that work and try to try to like shove them in that direction, but I can't force them to do it. Right. And like, I'm not going to lie. That's me. A lot of times, like I'm the one not willing to do what people ask me to do. Um, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have had that experience, but like, I'm not always willing to do the things that I know that I need to do. Um, because I get fairly, I hate to use the word complacent because I can't be complacent. Like I'm either growing or I'm digressing. Like there's no complacency for me, but a lot of times, yeah, like I can't be too hard on them or myself because a lot of times, like I said, I'm the person that's not necessarily doing what I know I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I don't know, I've become a little more understanding back in the day. I used to be like, Oh dude, you're going to get drunk. Like you got to do this stuff. But, um, again, if I don't have the power to get anyone drunk or sober. And so like, though I may know a program of action, <laughs> um, which yields great results. Um, like I can't force anyone to do that. So for sure. Marty. Um, I think that for me, the last time I was sober, I was, I had this like reformers mentality where I was like, you know, like if I just deliver this message with enough enthusiasm because I meant it, you know, cause it, it my life had been transformed and, that they're just going to get super pumped up about this thing and um, they're going to do it in their lives are going to change. And then when they would not be successful, I would um, just turn and look at the way that what I had done and 
then it got all twisted up into the then then it became about me and that's not to say that we i mean when we might get into it the things that we do that seem to work well and don't work well when we're trying to take somebody through the steps Mm -hmm. um it's good to have some revisions similar to maybe a way a teacher has lessons plans and stuff like that but but um i thought it was you know if i could just deliver the message a little bit differently or something like that and uh this time it was more like um I was doing 12 step, the 12 step because it was after 11. <laughs> like, I was like, I guess it's next. I'm like, you know, I'm really, <laughs> and I was not looking for people to sponsor and people just kept coming mm-hmm. into my life. And so it was more like a, it was, it was clearly a God thing, right? God was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to need you to do this. I'm going to need you to help these people. And I didn't have to try at all. And then, um, because it wasn't, um, a, a message of reform, um, it, 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 I realized it wasn't about me, I guess. And it's, it's, it's easy to say that, but it's hard to do that, man. Cause we get invested in these people and we want them to succeed and we want to do well, man. I don't want to fuck anybody up. You know, I don't want to through my own, you know, whatever, which is again, you know, all the more reason to just follow the directions as close as we can in the book. Um, but now I find myself in the situation where I've been down to one for a long time and he's doing well and it doesn't require, uh, doesn't require a lot of effort on my part. And I have had the idea that I might need to get out there and start going to play, going to places where people need sponsors. And I've just been unwilling speaking of being unwilling. I mean, it's just, uh, I was supposed to go, uh, on Monday and I got absorbed in an Amazon prime show, the boys, which is phenomenal by the way because i haven't watched it it's fantastic but uh i got it completely <laughs> i got it completely absorbed in that and i got a text from jeff and he was like you say you're not coming and i was like oh <laughs> whoops because i had monday off work it would have been a prime so um so yeah I'd, i don't know like i don't i got off on a little thing there but um you know i don't know that's my experience you yeah. talk now Come on, butters. I think we're gonna make it stick. One thing I try to really do now, and I haven't always done this, is uh, share my experience. And a lot of the time, my experience is in in like what you guys were talking about, not doing something, and what that yielded me. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I when I don't do ten steps, this is kind of what my life ends up looking like. When I don't regularly practice 11 step, this is what my life has looked like. And sharing that part of it too. For early, when I was new into working with others, I was kind of trying to present this thing that I wasn't of like, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this. And I know that you should do this and I might not be doing it, but I'm not telling you that I'm not doing it because I know that you need to do it. You know, and it gets really, really, really weird. And so today I just try to stick to my experience. And that a lot of times that is what I'm not doing and, and what, what happens when I'm not doing that. And, and hopefully, because I know I have learned a lot from what people did and shouldn't have. And so sometimes I'm that, I'm that example too. Like I did this and it did not work. And maybe you don't have to experience that too. Or maybe you do, but like at least I can have the, I stick to that now and not so much what you should do, but just what I have done. And I think people really respond to that better. For me, early on, it was a lot of the same thing. A lot of ego going in. I wanted uh, to be the actor again almost, right? Like I wanted my sponsee to see this perfect image of me and that I was doing all of these things in my life. Um, 
but I guess what I found the further in we get, right? Like honesty is the foundation of this whole program for me. And being honest with my sponsees too about where I'm at and the things that I haven't done and, you know, where that's got me, I think is, you know, it humanizes us, right? Like I looked at my sponsors initially, right, as um, this guy who'd accomplished all these amazing things, um, almost put him on a pedestal at, at times. And, uh, you know, it was it was him sitting me down and talking me through this thing, like, dude, I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I am not your higher power. I make mistakes just like anybody else. Like humanizing yourself to them and, and letting them see that, I still have to work a program too. This isn't something that I work through once and I get to just show everybody else because I'm perfect. Like that, that's not how it works, man. Mm-hmm. I still got to do this thing too. True but, that. Uh, <clears throat> the question I had was, so let's maybe, I was thinking something that we had talked about on Wednesdays once. <laughs> With, <laughs> shoes are coming off. <laughs> Jason bought these six shoes, and he was telling me how comfortable they were. Uh, and so I bought a pair, and they're super and you're comfortable. Like Mid podcast, you were like, "Hey, dude, check they, this out." <laughs> the thought came to me. I was like, "I need to tell Jason I followed his direction, yeah. bought these shoes." So. Okay, try them though. He's yeah. like walking on clouds. It's right. literally the most comfortable shoe I own. I believe you. So sorry for interrupting. Nah, you're good. <laughs> I, I just literally uh, just was like, "Oh, yeah, no, that's cool." Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think it's okay. Honestly, <laughs> I think I just I had stopped talking and I thought it maybe, you know, we, we don't have a video of what's going on. So yeah, like play that, by play. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing I want to talk about next was ask you guys what you do. Um, cause maybe the people listening have, I don't know what their experience level is, but the thing just the whole process of not knowing what to do when I got started. Um, so maybe what we could do next is so say you're at a meeting place where people now at your guys's home group and at my home group, we make it easy on the new people because we say, Hey, if you guys are looking for a sponsor, um, look, look for these people. And then we ask those people that have taken the steps and had a spiritual experience to raise their hand. All right. That's how you guys do it in your group. Yep. And that's how we do in our group because man, it's super scary to go. It's super scary to ask somebody to be your sponsor. And, and as a new person, I don't know who to ask. And like, I remember just like, I think I find, tried to find somebody who seemed sort of somewhat like me. Mm -hmm. Um, and anyway, it's a scary proposition. And so so both of our, all of our groups, do you have a home group yet? No. Okay. Anyway, in our groups, not the wanderer over here. <laughs> all, all the groups are his <laughs> home group. <laughs> not the man without a home. But, uh, but anyway, and so, and so say you guys are there and you guys raise your hand and you share something and it's probably pretty fucking profound. So the new person comes up to you after the meeting and they say, hey, will you be my sponsor? Like, what's the next thing that you do, Kyle? Uh, say yes. Oh, that's usually usually what I'll say is I'll I'm, I'll set up a, a meeting where we can get together and just just have a conversation. I thought you were gonna say hug him and tell him now we can be best friends. Yeah. Just say just come over and stay with me forever. <laughs> no, I usually won't. <laughs> we we talk about the monthly payment plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, all right, so this is how this works. You're going to give me 50 bucks a month. <laughs> that is a complete joke, just so we know. 
But I will usually set up a meeting. I'm popping again. I'll usually set up a meeting where uh, we can have a conversation about their drinking. And then from there, uh, we'll, we'll progress forward. That's, that's usually what I do. I'll say, hey, why don't we get together tomorrow at XYZ Coffee Shop and I'll buy you a cup of coffee and we can, we can have a conversation. Why do you want to talk about his drinking? Uh, so uh, the, the literature talks about qualifying okay. the person that you're going to work with. And so what I do, that seems really extreme, but that's kind of what I do is I just talk to them about their drinking to understand if they, if they need to work a 12-step program. And again, I don't know that for sure, but in our literature, it kind of gives me some instruction on what I'm supposed to do when I, when I meet with that guy to have a conversation to understand if that guy is, is a real alcoholic. And I've had the experience of doing that, and every single time except for once, I've, we've met again. One guy I met with, we had this conversation, and it really didn't sound like he had any problem with drinking at all. He was forced to go there, and um, I, I kind of just said, look, man, like I, I'm willing to continue to meet, but from the sounds of it, you're able to control your drinking, and you don't really want to be here. So why don't we just keep an open communication if, if something changes? That might sound a little harsh, but that's exactly what our literature tells us to do now that you know, we get into that other part of you know, working with others where it gives us pretty specific directions on certain points and those initial meetings, and that's what it tells us to do. Yeah, and that one, that's only happened once, and um, I was very insecure about it, and I did a 10-step afterwards, and it wasn't really a 10-step. I just called and was like, dude, I don't know if I did this fucking wrong, but like... I don't think this guy has a problem with drinking. He doesn't think he has a problem with drinking. So he was just asking to work with someone because that's what everybody was telling him to oh, do. Okay. And so he was just like, well, maybe I have to do this because I have to be here. Yeah. And so um, my sponsor pretty much gave me the same answer I tell all my sponsees. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was like, we'll find out. So You should have called me because I've been like, yeah, Kyle. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes sense. You got to know who to call for yeah. certain 10 steps. Right. Yeah. S someone else talk now. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what do you do when uh, Johnny the drinker comes up and asks you for help? So mine's, my approach is pretty similar, really. Um, we don't do anything right then and there other than probably exchange phone numbers and set up a time where we can actually meet and chat. And... Uh, I think the one thing, you know, I go through the qualification thing and remind myself before I go in there, right? Like, I don't get to tell this guy if he's an alcoholic. That's his deal. We're going to read through some things in that literature that are probably going to help him identify if he's an alcoholic or not. Um, but that's his decision. And then also, uh, I guess, kind of lay out exactly what this sponsorship, sponsor relationship looks like. And... Um, you know, it's a pretty simple thing for me. Um, I emphasize the fact that there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do for this person that's going to keep them sober or make them drink. Um, I emphasize that, you know, I'm a, a busy person. I will absolutely make time for you. But when we, you know, set up those weekly meetings, we need to be there during those weekly meetings. Um, and then just really, like, all I can do for you is show you what works for me. So if at any point in time that's not jiving with you or um, you don't feel like this is something you need or this isn't something you want to do, okay, man, like this is what I can do. I can take you through the steps. That is it. 
Mm-hmm. El Chapo. I thought it was El Jefe. That works too. I just like El Chapo because <laughs> it came out sporadically. So I don't know. Um, I pretty much do what you guys do, right? I think we've all, I think all of us are have a pretty solid foundation in the the literature, and it gives us pretty clear instruction. Um, so yeah, other than like in that initial talk, if I have time to talk to him at that point in time, like I'll maybe ask him some questions. Um, one thing I like to do is, I know this sounds crazy. Um, so recently, like I've gotten back into doing this. I haven't done it for a while. Um, so the two guys that I'm working with now, um, the first thing I did was ask them, why don't you tell me why you think you're an alcoholic, right? And like one of them is some a guy who's been around for a few years. Um, and when I asked him, I was like, I don't want you to tell me what the book says, and I don't want you to tell me what a treatment center has told you. Like, I want to know from your heart, like, what makes you think that you're an alcoholic? Um, and if they need time to think about that or whatever, like, we can talk about that on the next the next time we meet. Um, but we don't get delve too deep right off the bat. It's just like, hey, set up a time to meet. We'll talk and yeah, figure out where to go from there. And you you did that with me, too, because for anyone that doesn't know, Jeff sponsored me um, for over a year before he moved. Uh, but you, you did the exact same thing. You asked me, what do, you th- what do I think makes me an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. I remember that conversation very vividly. So I'm, I forgot about it until you just brought it up, but it's good insight. I was just going to tell a story because, like, also I like to do that thing where I'm like... So I was at my home group, and a guy talked to me, um, and I, I'd had a phone conversation. Somebody had heard him in another meeting, but he was a he was a heroin addict, and they thought maybe I would be able to help him more than the um, drunkards would. So they put him in touch with me, and I talked to him on the phone. And uh, I was, it, it, was just, it was like Sunday, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I'd like to meet you. And so he came to my home group, and afterwards he's like, hey, man, I need some help. You know, would you be my sponsor? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can probably do that. I, you know, we need to sit down and talk. I was like, I, I don't know what time I get off work every day, so why don't you just give me a call tomorrow afternoon, and, and we'll figure it out, and we'll figure out a time to meet. And uh, n- no call. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that's fine. But then he was there the next Sunday, and the next Sunday he was like, hey, uh, would you would you sponsor me? I was like, yeah, I can, man. Just need you to give me a call tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he didn't call me again. Mm-hmm. And then like the third time, he was like, and he was like, hey, maybe we could just set a meeting time. And I was like, nope. Maybe you could just call me tomorrow. Yeah. It's one thing. I've asked you to do one thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple stuff. But that's a pretty good indication. And, um, you know, he, he was around for a little while and then he was gone. But I'm just saying, if a guy won't call you the next day, that's a pretty good indication that he's not going to write a sex inventory. Right. Yeah. In my experience. Yeah. So what, um, what is, and this will just be open, we can round rec table it again. What is your favorite, and maybe it changes, what is, don't make that face. <laughs> what <laughs> do you think is the of, best like, part of working with someone? Oh. Like what is there like, oh, I love when I see this or when I experience that or Do you have something like that? Or is it all kind of cool? Is it all its Uh, own thing? My favorite part is when um, they have the perspective change. I was working with a guy. He'd been in and out. He'd been around a long time. 
we were going through the work. We were like at nine and I was like not seeing anything. And, um, I was like, I don't, something's, something's not going on here. We should be thinking differently now. And then I even called my old sponsor and I was asking him about it. And I was like, everything seems on the up and up to me. And, and then, um, I didn't hear from my sponsee for like two weeks. And then, uh, I was like, Oh, I just figured that he had, he was back out. And then, um, two weeks later, he called and came over and he he was different he started talking differently he was telling me he was, had all of a sudden very clearly started seeing his errors and his mistakes and everything and um taking responsibility for everything in his life and i was like i don't need to do, i don't need to worry about it i don't even mm-hmm. i don't need to worry about what's going on i don't need to worry about the timeline i just, that's when i really really realized i just need to take him through the work it'll happen when it happens but when that perspective change starts to happen and i know that they're going to start seeing life differently i mean that's the that's the thing man that's the opening that we go through that leads to the entire world being you know changed for us so yeah like my favorite part is when i can see that perspective change actually happen man mm-hmm. it's pretty cool jason what about you dude yeah same i mean um my last couple of sponsors, it's been really cool because during that fist step, you just see that light bulb come on. And then I think probably now my favorite thing has been, um, you know, these guys are on fire after the fist step and they're going out and they're crushing it and start making amends and they start doing all these things. But um, we work this 10th step and uh, that, that's a pretty important thing. Basically, we're um, righting our wrongs immediately, continuing to identify these um, character defects that we identified in our in our fist step and you know that's an important thing to do every day um but I guess kind of what I see is and I did the same thing right I didn't understand how powerful a thing that was how important that was so yeah I guess my last three guys have all kind of you know they were on fire and then they hit this lull and then they come back and they're miserable for a little while and you know we talk about the same thing like well what got you on fire to start with? And they kind of kind of start getting after it again. And then it, it's finally when they call me for that 10 step and they're like, holy shit, I get it now. Like, I have to do this thing every day. It's like, yeah, dude, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Jeffrey? <clears throat> yes. <No. laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I, Man, I'm not really sure I know what my favorite part is. It's, you know, it's great to see that change that occurs in other people. Um, but from my own experience, I think it's also great to see the change that happens within me, right? Like part of the 12 step and it's short form on the wall talks about having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, like the previous 11 steps. Um, we carry this message. And for me, the first spiritual experience I ever had in Alcoholics Anonymous was a result of like being placed in a position where I had to essentially work with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, you know, years after that, um, when I'm able to get out of my own way enough to see the change that's happening in other people, like as a result of me just showing up and being a channel for God, right? Not anything that I'm actually doing other than getting out of myself enough to show up and be of use to somebody else. Um, yeah, like... I think that's my favorite part of it is I get to see a change not only in somebody else, but as well as myself. Um, Because I've shown up in that relationship several times just out of ego where I'm like, this is what's going to happen and like very rigid about it. And when I do that, 
like I shut myself off to the experience that happens through both people. So, um, man, when I can show up and allow God to, to use me as the vessel in that and get to see the change and the result, like see the change in both people as a result of doing that. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty awesome. Yeah. What about you? I, two things come to mind. One, um, when a sponsee gets a sponsee is probably one of the coolest things just because they get that experience. Like I was saying, it's like two different things. And then to see the guy that you helped start to get that experience too is really a cool thing. And then to spend, like I was sharing earlier, like Jeff and I did, I would go talk to Jeff about what I was supposed to talk to this guy about tomorrow. And then being on the other end of that today where I have sponsees coming to me and like, all right, I'm meeting with this guy tomorrow. Let's refresh what I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like that process is cool where me and another dude can spend an hour together and not once talk about ourselves. We're talking about other people the whole time. It's really cool. And the other thing that I really enjoy is right now I've been working with some guys for a while and we've all, we've bit these three dudes of all, we've all been through the work together. And now we're kind of in this thing where we meet every week and we, we just talk about life shit, you know, and like how, like what's going on in life. And for me, it's really easy to apply this program to my alcoholism and it's really tangible to see that. But then to see a dude start using these principles at work and he's coming to me and he's like, dude, I made amends to this dude at work because I fucking overstepped. And, and like seeing that process unfold in just day-to-day life week after week is cool. I would have thought that was going to be monotonous and boring, but actually seeing this guy continue to work a program is fucking a new experience for me. I love that. And for me, um, it's also what reminds me why I need to continue to do this stuff. Because, you know, I'll go through periods where I get pretty comfortable and, and things are going well. And, uh, you know, having the new guy in here who's on fire and um, really getting after this thing reminds me why I have the things that I do. And it's because I worked steps and I'm working with other people. And it also holds me accountable. Um, I wasn't always this way, but anymore, I have a hard time telling somebody to do something if I'm not doing it myself. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that accountability piece is big. I was just going to ask you guys about one thing that um, Jason had said that he'd seen with his guys that I kept seeing with my guys too. And it was like they would go through the work, they'd be on fire, but then eventually like life would get real again. You know, that the, you know, the consequences of our using or drinking can only, you know, and, and life would just get real again or just get normal again or, you know, just get difficult again. And and I'd see it almost every time. They'd do this one, and then they'd just hit that skid. And then they'd be like, I don't want to do, you know, like, I don't want to go to meetings. I don't want, I'm tired of recovery. That's one, that's a phrase I hear a lot, you know. And, like, what are we really doing here? And do, I was just wondering, and obviously you've seen it, do you guys experience that with guys you take through the work or not so much? Go for it, Butters. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna make it stick, man. I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> I like it. I don't ever have a nickname, so Butters is it, dude. I d- he does have a nickname. He just doesn't like it. Well, you sweet buns. You call me sweet buns. It makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Which is all the more reason I should probably yeah. be using. It. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yes, I think that that is just 
human nature. That's what I've experienced. My own recovery was like that where I, I'm kind of on fire and then life gets real again and I, and I realize, I think what it is is kind of what I was talking about where I realize that I have to use this stuff in all of my life mm. and not just for my drinking. And it's like for a while, oh yeah, I'm fucking on fire in the 12-step rooms. I'm on fire in relation to what it does for my alcoholism. And then I realize like, oh, my relationships are still shit and I'm still having trouble at work. And I'm still, and so then I kind of, I see either the light bulb come on that I have to do this stuff everywhere or the retraction and like, fuck this, this is stupid. I don't really want to, I don't get it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm out. So yes, I've seen that and I have experienced that on multiple occasions <laughs> where it's like, I'm not doing this thing everywhere and my, my life suffers as a result. For me, that, that was a critical part of my recovery was to actually go through that and uh, you know go from being on this high to hitting this low again you know, after, after a lot of work. And um, it is really hard to watch somebody go through that when you know what's on the other side. But um, I have to remind myself like that's part of their journey and I remind myself how much I got out of that too. Because it's like another uh, jumping off point almost when you realize, like, this isn't something that I get to do one time. Yeah. Something that I have to do continuously. Yeah, I don't have to save that guy. For a long time, it's like, I need to save this guy from experiencing the downfalls of living life. And now I'm just like, fucking, that's part of life, man. Yeah. Like, you got to do it, man. So, yeah. so did Aaron, so did I, so did Jeff, so did Jason. Like, that's just part of it. I don't have to shave off the low points anymore try to help you avoid those like that's just part of life and i can share my experience when i go into those that i'm a lot closer to drinking than i realize mm. you know but yeah. but i i don't i don't have to save you from that like you get to experience your own path jeffrey I don't know if I can say much more than what you guys have already said. Like, I think it's something Thanks, that, Jeff. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's what I do. I state the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like has been said, I think that's something we all experience, right? Like it's part of the human condition, um, especially for a lot like us. Um, you know, there's a part in our literature where it talks about how we're undisciplined and that is my case in almost every area of my life at any given time. Like I am not good at, repeatedly doing something over and over even if i know it's good for me right like i know i should pray and meditate but i want to look at facebook instead right like <laughs> wow marty knows all about that yeah. get that dopamine hitter <laughs> but yeah i just think you know like that's something today that we just have to or at least in my opinion like we just have to allow people to do right i can't tell you how many conversations i've had with my friend over here that are those same exact things. Like I'm fucking tired of recovery, right? Like I don't want to do these things, but at the same time, like if I want to get back to where I was, like I know this course of action, it's just a matter of how long I'm willing to suffer before I take that course of action. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I have to allow other people the opportunity to do that same thing. So true that seems like it never fails that oh, you get to a guide to like to the 10th step, you know, and you lay out what it is and then you have your weekly meeting and I know you've had this we we you told me about guys you meet with and then they start laying out like the shit that went wrong this week and you're like all right, this this these are all good examples of what a 10th step would be, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. they get tired of you hearing, you know, they get tired of you saying like, okay, yeah, that's that's exactly what life is. 
it says when these things crop mm-hmm. up. And then those are the times that we do 10 steps. And then these are all of the people you trust in the program. And so get all of their numbers and do 10 steps with them as well. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, I don't know. That weekly meeting turns into just like a dozen 10 steps <laughs> that should have been done. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, yeah. hey, you know, you can call me anytime these things happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. We have a step for this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, what do you guys do, if anything, uh, for the latter part of the program? Like, for a while, I was really having a hard time having any guys that I was working with start working with others. Like it, And I, I feel like I really try to press on the importance of trying to carry this message to every guy that I work with one-on-one. Do you guys do something in particular, Jeff, <clears throat> to to impress upon them the importance of working with others. Jeff. We, we just don't want you to go first so I don't steal all of your shit. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like I'm under fire right now. I'm not sure what to do. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> do you do anything, though? Like, honestly, like, to, to try to, other than state the obvious, like, because I do that, too. It's like, hey, there's a whole chapter about this for a fucking reason, so. Uh, so something that I do and was impressed upon me is like as we're going through the work from the very beginning of the book until we get to that page right like several times it talks about the importance of working with others and I like to stress that even in the beginning right like I just met with a guy the other night and I'm like look it talks about how once we come here and we start to get better like our responsibility is to do this right and and so I just like to talk about the importance of it from the beginning to the end, right? Like, yes, it's one thing to come and get sober, but the only way we can, in my experience as well as like what I've read in the literature and seen through lots of other people is the only way we can continue to like have this life is by carrying that message to somebody else. And I like to impress upon that like the entire time we're going through the work. I don't wait till the end to be like, okay, now just like go out and do this thing. But like, this is it's important enough that they talk about it from the beginning of the book until the end mm-hmm. and um and then after that i you know uh, i've been pretty notorious for being like well there's a treatment center right <laughs> like because yeah. we're fortunate at least the men in our community like we're fortunate that there is a men's treatment facility here that struggles a lot with having people like actually outreach it um so that's always like the first thing I suggest is like <laughs> get off your ass, yeah. stop sitting in your home group and like go to this treatment facility, get on the firing line. That sounds like, very familiar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason, what about you, dude? Yeah, so I'm not unique in this at all, but I actually during that initial meeting <laughs> I uh emphasize the fact that like yes, I will take you through this work and the one condition I have is that you have to at least work with one other person when we get done. You gotta take one other person through the steps. And then, like Jeff, I mean, emphasize that the whole time. Um, Recently, though, it's been a point of frustration for me, right? Because I want these guys, I want these guys to go out and do all of these things, Um, sponsor guys and, you know, kind of do the deal. And I've had to remind myself, too, that um, I don't have any control over that, Mm -hmm. except I can emphasize how important it is and how much it's helped me but beyond that there's not a lot I can do they have to they have to go out and find somebody or you know however it works out but right it's not my deal go 
No, I was just going to tell you to... I know you use a line usually. I'm assuming you'll use it now, but... I don't know what it is. What is it? Something along oh, the lines of... Work doing 11 steps of a 12-step program? Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, what I, that's what I told um, a guy, which I'm now guilty of doing. <laughs> so. Well, you still work with your one guy. Yeah, I do. So yeah. you're not completely out? Sort of. That's yeah. like... Um, that's like getting a, I don't know, a buy or something like that. It doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what, yeah. Do you, what do you do? Do you do anything So I was thinking extraordinary? about, no, I think it would have been a good idea. I think it's going to be a good idea going forward to like lay that out at the beginning, you know? Um, I, you, sometimes I wonder how much um, the shit that I give those guys at the beginning sticks because it's, you know, at the beginning I'm just like, whatever, you know? But um but one thing I do do sometimes is when I'm go- taking them through the steps and I'm explaining what we're doing, I say, so when you're taking a guy through this point, these are the things that we want to hit out. And that sort of has a double thing where I can make my point again, but then I can also allude to the fact that you're going to be doing this with somebody someday. Mm-hmm. So I think when I when I look at, you know, like trying to persuade them to do that is when we're going through the steps. Okay, and when remember, when you're going to be doing with this, this is the important thing. And if when, we're, when you're going to get to this step with this guy, this is where you're going to find this at. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it looks a lot like that, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Butters? Uh, I, I. Uh, Do you have to say it like hi, like Butters. <laughs> I think what I have found recently is I just try to really talk about my first experiences working with someone else, and like I've talked about now three times that I would. I had no idea what I was doing, even though I had just been through the work and even though you told me that I was going to reread this. The moment someone asks you, my immediate reaction was like, oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not qualified to do this. And then then the next thought is like, my ego's like, yeah, say yeah, dude. <laughs> and so, so then, but like uh, Brian, who's been on the podcast, says, and I, I, I like it, he says that like you don't ever have to sponsor alone. And for me, like the fact that I would go to Jeff and get get his experience and then he would pull mine again and be like, remember when we outlined this inventory? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, I know what I'm doing. Okay, yep, yep, I remember that. So the same deal. Like today I still go to my sponsor and I still talk to him about what I'm supposed to be doing because I say this a lot, like the more time I stay sober, the less I, th- I think I know and I understand. So I really pull on other people's experience and not just my own to try to. And I encourage the guys I'm working with to do the same thing. Like, dude, you you might not know what you're doing. And that's the beauty of this thing is like, we're going to meet next week and we'll outline the next part of this. So, um, cause there's just a lot of fear that comes with that initial experience. And then in, like for me, the first guy that I worked with got drunk. <laughs> and so then I'm gun shy cause I'm like, Oh, I fucked it up. So there's kind of just, I don't know, tell them to get back out there and it, that that's going to happen and I'm done now. That's that's it. Yeah. That's that's my I think in that you said something very important about like how the longer you stay sober the the less you think you know. Um, yeah. and that's something that's been very beneficial for me especially lately is uh like when I sit down with somebody we go through this thing called the set aside prayer like I know we're all familiar with that but I just ask to have what I think I know removed, right? Mm-hmm. Because for a long time, 
I used to sit down with guys and I had this very regimented outline for like, this is what we're going to talk about. And it, the thing I've, I've learned time and time again is the more I think I know, the more I shut myself off to having a new experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, what I've found to be good, at least for me these days is to ask to have that removed and move into this process without, without the idea that I know what's going to happen or I know what we should talk about. Um, and I don't yeah. know if that makes sense to the listeners, right? I'm sure to you guys and you guys are all shaking your head. So you understand, but it's called like, a Sullivan nod. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's true in your case. Uh, in Kyle's case, I think that knowing less over a longer period of time is just a term referred to as a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> no, really though. I try to remain much more fluid today as well. That's the thing I think that is most important is to, to remain not rigid and that's that's practice i have to practice that yeah if i go in with a set spiel each person is different the last person i met with um that was new was young and he was super smart like i was intimidated by his intelligence but and he was into some pretty far out ideas so telling him of my psychedelic experience was a good idea and that really he really liked that and Mm -hmm. that got him jazzed up and maybe some of the same music whereas if i was like talking to like i don't know a 60 year old cowboy i probably wouldn't bring that on the first meeting right right? Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Let me tell you, partner. <laughs> That's you just funny. go down to Mexico. Let yeah. me tell you about old Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, we're we're about an hour in. We could probably talk about this for three hours. Yeah, but there's so much. I know. Is there anything else you guys want to want to highlight before we we shut her down? Is there anything that we we absolutely need to talk about that we missed? I'm sure there's plenty, but anything in particular? I'm getting a bunch of no's. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like anything else that that first person that asks you for help, it's really scary. It's just like everything else though. Like reading a fifth step to somebody is scary. Like it's all, it's all scary. But at the beginning we were like, we'll, we'll do it, whatever, man. Cause we don't want to live that life. So mm-hmm. it's just the same as everything else, man. It's just walking down that fear. And then the other side of it is the sh- good shit we got to talk about today. For sure. Yeah. I think for me, the most important thing that I learned about this whole deal was um, really, I guess what I'm doing when I'm working with somebody is bringing, hopefully bringing them closer to God. Right. And that's, I guess what I remind myself of. So I don't go in with a set spiel or an agenda or anything is, you know, just help me bring this guy closer to you, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. That's helped me a lot. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming over on, yeah. a, on a school night. A school night. We've got to get up early for school. Uh, Aaron, do you want to plug our shit? Oh, yeah. We have an email. Um, it's recoveredafpodcast. Thanks. I always fuck it up. Recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com. And then we have an Instagram that we do. Kyle's good at. Yeah, I run the Instagram. A, That's why like, it's mostly just pictures of what I'm doing because yeah. Aaron won't post anything. I tried, but, but then I was like... I was, um, <laughs> But, I'm old. Uh, I think it's just because I'm too old. <laughs> yeah, you don't get it. But yeah, Recovered AF Podcast is the name of our Instagram. So Kids in your social media. Gentlemen, thank you guys for being on this. I think it was killer. Yeah, so, dude. Yeah. I really nice. appreciate you guys coming over, man. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, guys.